0: And I quickly realized this was one of my guardian angels. um, And I really was just kind of in awe of being there, soaking it up. And the next thing I know, I hear them yelling, code, code, code. And I was back in my body.
1: Welcome to the Juggling the Chaos of Recovery podcast, where we focus on health and wellness and overcoming all types of addictions. You're in the right place if you're a mom dad, sibling, or caregiver who has a loved one who is or was struggling with an eating disorder or any other kind of addiction. In a time where everything seems heavy, I'm here to bring you a very real yet lighthearted take on what the heck we're all supposed to do with our lives while we care for our loved ones who are struggling. One thing holds true throughout it all. You can't juggle the chaos without smiling, at least a little bit. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. I'm your host, Moira Gorski. Thank you for coming back. Today's a really special day for me. Well, anytime I get to record and uh, interview someone, have someone on as my guest, I think is a special day. And yet, again, I feel like this one's extra special. I have... Again, been blessed by, during my podcast experience the last year and a half or so, I've been blessed by people reaching out to me and w- wanting to be a guest on my podcast um, or perhaps working with someone who'd like to be a guest. And that's how I met Michelle Claire, And um, she is a, you're in for a treat today. As we have a discussion here, she is a lovely lady and um, But she's a certified medium, a psychic, a spiritual coach, and an energy healer. And um, if you don't know what any of that stuff means, or are you a little hesitant, just buckle up and uh, you know listen, because I know that this will be a wonderful conversation. And I'm excited to share her with you um, today and what she has to share and how she has moved into this way of helping other people and just kind of open up other people's consciousness uh, to really what what is out there. So before I go any further, welcome, Michelle. I am so glad that you're here today.
0: No, oh, thank you for having me. It's an honor to be here.
1: Yeah, thank you. Um, thank you. So as, as your... Um, Publicist, I'm not sure what she's called, but as your assistant or someone reached out to me, I was just so fascinated when she talked about you and uh, and said that you had had three near-death experiences. And as a result of that, it has led you to this different line of work that you're doing to help people Again, connect with spirit, connect with people that have go, gone gone before them. And so I'd love for you to start, as we do on many of these podcasts, kind of start with that story of what happened exactly. I mean, talk to me about your near-death experiences.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I'll tell you, when I was 12 years old, my grandfather passed away. And I could tell that we still had communication. He would visit me, we'd have information shared. He would tell me, you know, just little things like checking in on me, wanting to see how I was doing. And I would share these things with my mom and my mom would say, oh, I I know you think that's what he would say if he was here, um, but you know, he's, he's not really talking to you like that. And so I, okay. So I quickly learned that I needed to keep that communication between myself and my grandfather. And then fast forward about to twenty April 2000, I had my first near-death experience. Uh, So I was in the hospital that day because my niece was born. So we were already at the hospital visiting her. And I was standing out in the hallway talking to one of my friends from high school who was actually her RN, and I had a massive seizure. And during that seizure... I have clear memories of waking up in this beautiful white room where the walls were alive. Every cell, every molecule was radiating light and love and almost breathing. And yet they were solid at the same time. And as I woke up in this room, I looked up and I realized my grandma who had passed away a couple of years before was kneeling and I had my head in her lap. And as I looked at her, I noticed she was radiant, radiant healthy. She was the youngest version of grandma that I remember. So she didn't come in in her 30s because that might've been confusing, but she was the youngest, healthiest version I remember. Then as I'm just sitting here in this place, absorbing this love, I had never felt so much love in my life wholeness, completeness, I look up and I see that standing next to her is this angel. And this angel is about 12 to 14 feet tall. It's massive. And I start looking at it. I notice its wings aren't feathers like I was expecting. They were more like light or energy. And they seem to almost trail off into eternity. And this beautiful angel was looking at me. And in my head, I thought, what is your name? And the angel answered me. And, and, and I was a little surprised because I didn't know they were telepathic and it said, its name was Madeline. And I quickly realized this was one of my guardian angels. Um, and I really was just kind of in awe of being there, soaking it up. And the next thing I know, I hear them yelling, code, code, code. And I was back in my body.
1: Mm. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I've I've heard, you know, I've heard... Other people, one other gal in particular, and now I'm trying to remember who she is, but I do remember somebody mentioning a near-death experience that, um, and maybe it was a show that I watched too, but that when you're in that space, wherever that space is, that it's just this overwhelming feeling of love Mm -hmm. that is just, you've never felt before, right? Right.
0: Right. It is almost the the only way I can almost compare it. And it's still not even close because I feel like our language, we don't have the words that actually justify the emotions and the feelings around it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But imagine whatever the very, very best day of your life was the feeling of elation, completeness, contentment, all of that times about a million and then add Mm. unconditional love. And that's pretty much what it felt like.
1: Mm. And so did you, besides the, the fact that you got, um, you know, her name. Mm-hmm. Um, was there any other message to you of? You know, yeah.
0: not at that time. It was almost just like it was meant to be my first time connecting with the angel realm. And actually, I had always believed in angels. So I wasn't surprised to see one, I guess. But I just I was in awe of how beautiful and how huge and and the energy and the wings. And so it just was really this connection. And also, the thing that was interesting about that was my grandma didn't talk to me. Um, But yet I knew she was happy. She was loving me. It was very much an Energetic connection. It's kind of like if you if you're sitting in the park bench and you can see someone walk by and you're like, oh, they look like they're having a good day. You're just picking up on that energy. Mm -hmm. That was my connection with my grandma Mm -hmm. that day.
1: Yeah, neat. And so then this happened again at some other. I mean, had you ever had seizures before? Or
0: no, I had never had one before, and I've never had one since. It's the only one I've ever had. Wow. Um, But then there
1: was another time that something happened.
0: Yes. So then down in, um, April, 2006, I had my son, I have three kids and he's my last child. And for the following six weeks after having him, I was in and out of the hospital. I would run fevers. They'd run IV antibiotics. I'd get better. They send me home for two days then I'm back in the hospital. So we finally get to this point where the doctor says, look, we have to go in and do a DNC, which is basically, you know, clear the uterus, make sure there's nothing that was left in there from, um, the birth placenta or whatever. And we think you'll be fine. It's a 45-minute outpatient procedure. No worries. The night before, I had this gut feeling that I just didn't think it was going to go well, that I shouldn't do it. But I was so tired of being in the hospital. I just thought I wanted to believe what they were telling me, not what I was feeling. So I went in the next morning, again, talked to the anesthesiologist and the doctor. They both said, oh, piece of cake. No problem. You'll be home and you know out of here in 45 minutes. Okay. So I go in. And as I'm on the gurney, what I remember is I had this beautiful 100-pound white German shepherd, and she had also passed away a couple of years prior to this. And at night, though, when she was here, she would walk around every night, lay her head on my bed just to check on me, make sure I was okay, go check on the kids. It was just this beautiful, sweet energy about her. So what I see is I'm laying on the gurney in the operating room, and I see her walk in. And keep in mind, I'm under anesthesia and in the middle of surgery at this time, so but I see her walk in and she lays her head on the gurney. And the next thing I know, we are gone. We are on this phenomenal beach. And once again, in this place where there's no time, where there's all of these amazing emotions of unconditional love and completeness. And as we are jogging down this beach, I'm aware that running on the sand feels like clouds. Like I don't feel the weight of my foot hitting. But every drop of water in the ocean is alive. Every plant, every flower, every tree, everything is alive. And I'm looking at my beautiful white shepherd. Her name is Tahoe. And I can tell she is so happy to have me here. So we're doing this telepathic communication again. I didn't even need to touch her because it was like we were communicating more energetically and through our mind than we could have physically. Hmm. So we're running and running on this beach. And I know she's here to keep me company while we're running. And I notice I don't get hot. I don't get tired. I don't get thirsty. And this is kind of the funny part about this near-death experience. I personally hate running. So I always tell people, if you see me running, call 911. That's (laughs) like an emergency. I didn't go out for a jog, right? And here I am having this near-death experience. And in it, this place of heaven that I'm at, I'm running on the beach. And I'm loving every moment of it. While I'm with my dog on this beach, I realize So there are a couple levels happening, kind of the level that I'm thinking in, the level where I'm with my dog and I'm in this beautiful, amazing place. And then on this soul level, I can feel my son, who's about six weeks old at the time, and he was at home with my mom, energetically being very frightened that I was leaving. So on that energy and on that soul level, he knew. And I remember going to him and saying to him, I will find a way to stay. And then I remember being in the operating room and almost praying, calling in the Christ light, asking for help, asking Jesus for a miracle. And I remember the room lighting up. And the next thing I know, I'm in my body and I'm in um, post-op. And I remember looking at the clock and it had been three and a half hours of emergency surgery because they had ruptured my uterus in two places. And the second rupture missed, they missed my aorta by a millimeter. They couldn't even stitch it. And the next day, the doctor came in and, and said to me, Michelle, someone was watching over you yesterday, because it's not very likely that you would still be here with everything mm-hmm. that happened. And so that was my second near-death experience.
1: Wow. Wow. I mean, what did you feel, <laughs> feel like when you, again, woke up and had these, I mean, realize what had happened? I mean, that's got to right? be just overwhelming. Yeah.
0: It is overwhelming. And then on top of it, like so many people who have near-death experiences, I had physical trauma that I had to work through now. And it took me at least three months to get back to maybe 80% of functioning uh, because of everything that my body had been through. And so, but besides that, and then I had a five-year-old, a two-and-a-half-year-old and an infant. It was it was very hard to wrap my head around it. So although I, I realized what had happened, it was almost like I chose not to focus on it because the human life was pulling me so deeply into it at the moment. Mm-hmm. I couldn't get all spiritual and be like, wow, <laughs> what just happened? Right.
1: Well, and... As we all are, we live in, we live around other humans and we don't live in this spiritual world where, or in a ashram or a, you know, place that maybe you could talk with other people about what had happened or what your experiences or how to connect with right. things like that. So, and you're a busy mom, I can understand that a mom of four kids myself, like you just go on with life, you do the things that you need and have to do.
0: Right. Absolutely. Yes. And, and, and I agree with you. I didn't have anyone I could really talk to about that. There was no one else I knew that had experienced anything similar. I'm not even sure if I was really aware of near death experiences quite to the degree that I am now, obviously. Mm -hmm. Well, and
1: had you ever done any, gone to any Reiki healers or any type of, had you ever experienced any type of like gone to a psychic or anything like that?
0: I was always interested in mediumship because I knew that my grandpa was talking to me, even though Mm -hmm. other people weren't ready to confirm that. So I always had a draw to mediumship, but nothing that I looked into. I didn't go take classes. I didn't have a mentor at that point in time. There was nothing to validate the things that had happened to me.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, so obviously, though, Spirit or the angels wanted to get your attention uh, one more time and perhaps um, give you some more signs of direction. So um, because you said you had three. Um, So what happened the third time?
0: Yeah, so the third time for people who like numbers, it was on 11 -11. So there's a lot of ones in that date. And I was home with two of my kids. My oldest was in fifth grade. She was in an after school program. And my younger two were five and eight at the time. And we have 14 foot ceilings in our house. So I have about 12 feet off the ground. I have the battery on every, every night come on by themselves. It just, it looks nice, right? So I was on a ladder in the kitchen and I told my kids, as soon as I get done putting this candle back up with the batteries, we're going to go get your sister the ladder. And I felt it start to shift. And I thought, Oh, this is going to hurt because I knew it was going down. And at that moment, I literally felt ripped out of my body it was so fast. It was not painful, but it was just literally ripped out of my body. Like the way you would start a lawnmower the old lawnmowers where you pull Mm -hmm. the ripcord. That's what it felt like ripped out of my body. And I was actually standing in this space with these three people, two men and one woman. And I didn't know them. I didn't recognize them, but yet I felt like I had known them my whole life and they were close family. Although I knew I didn't know them. And we were watching and I could see my body suspended in the air with the ladder. And I remember them saying to me, well, what would you like to do? Would you like to stay or go? And I was caught in this loop in my mind where I was like, but my body's going to hit the ground in less than a second. And I truly felt like I had forever to decide what I wanted to do. As I was looking at my body and standing with these three people, I saw a different angel, a huge angel come in to the side, um, one side of me. And I knew that that angel was there to, if I was going home, to take me home. And if I was going to stay to make that happen, even though I had no idea what that would look like. And then at that moment, I saw my younger two kids who were home in the kitchen. And I knew I was going to stay because I wasn't ready to leave my kids. And at that point in time, a lot of stuff I believe I was told a lot of things. A lot of it I don't remember, but I knew I was told you're going to come back. It's going to be different. You're going to help people. You have to help them now. You have to be open with your mediumship. Your, your life is changing, but it will be it will be good. And the next thing I know, obviously, um, I was waking up because I had fallen off the ladder. I had a five and a half inch skull fracture, a brain bleed. I missed my brainstem by half an inch. That was the difference of me surviving the fall. I lost my equilibrium, my taste, my smell, part of my hearing, and part of my vision. And what happened then after that was my kids were the ones who called 911 to get me help that day. So that was 11 111. So a couple months later in January, you know, I was home, I looked pretty normal. Um, things were, the kids were kind of like, all right, mom's gonna be okay even though I think I looked a lot better than I was feeling and I still had a lot of trauma that I was working through. My son, who was five at the time, started getting depressed because he had tried to call 911 and his call didn't go through. And we thought he just got you know, flustered, scared, 991. We didn't know what had happened. And he would start telling me, my mom, my mother-in-law, anyone who would listen, he'd say, I didn't need to be there that day. I didn't help my mom. Sophie could have done it without me. And we would say, but Josh, you opened the door for the policemen. And we tried to really build him up, but there was nothing we could say. So the end of January, 2012, my grandfather, the one that transitioned when I was 12 years old, came through to me and, and he talked to me about my accident. First of all, he actually manifested in front of me. That's the only time I've had spirit show up in a body in front of me like that. He talked about my accident. He talked about my son and my son being good with electronics. Mind you, they never walked this earth at the same point in time. So that just tells you your loved ones know what's Mm -hmm. happening in your life Mm -hmm. now. And then at the end of our conversation, he said to me, you need to get the 911 recording. There's something on there you should know. And he was gone. And I was shocked because I had not thought about getting the 911 recording. I didn't even know I could do that. Um, No one had mentioned it. It just hadn't even come up. So I went down and I got the recording, took a couple of weeks to come in and, and I got it and I played it and I hear them say, 911, what's your emergency? And I hear my son and his broken little five-year-old voice say, Sophie, what do I say? And he lays the phone down. His call had gone through, but he had called right in the trauma of the moment and had actually forgotten he called. Mm. And for a minute and a half, you can hear the operator trying to get their attention And then he says, I'm going to go push the house alarm button. And my daughter says, hold on, let me try calling 911. She hangs up the phone and dials and her 911 call went through. So Mm. they both went through that day. And when he came home from kindergarten, I shared with him, Josh, your call went through. It was like lifting a 10,000 pound weight off his chest. He felt so much more empowered and sure of himself. And like he had done something to help me in the, in that moment. And that was the first big, big, big visit I had after my head injury. And at that point in time, it couldn't have changed someone's life that I loved more.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and yeah, I mean, I would think that after that you'd be like, okay, I guess this is what I'm supposed to do or, you know, Or I do have this gift or whatever you said to yourself. But I mean, yeah, when those type of things happen, yeah, that's, that's, they got your attention. Oh, they did. Yeah.
0: They definitely did. And they, and they couldn't have done it in a way that impacted my life more. And actually I saw the beauty that it brought in because I saw it changed my son's life. Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. That's really, really lovely. And I, you know, I have to say now, I want to say this um, because You know, as we got connected, um, I asked that we could connect and that you could, you know, share your gifts with me and and do a reading. And I have to and I know I share this with you when we spoke is that I um, have become so much more in tune to the spiritual realm and people like you that have gifts that can offer their intuition or their connection with our spiritual team or people that have gone all of that. And yet I've been really skeptical, you know, I've been skeptical about it um, in the past and I know others have. And yet my mother had recently died and I wondered, uh, and she had recently passed and people who listen to my podcast know that because I've spoken about that as she uh, was in failing health and shared about her um, service and things like that. And you didn't know that. And again, it was What I want to say is that as people are listening to this, if they think that this is just some made up story that, you know, made for TV movie type of thing, it really isn't because I, the more that I hear stories like this Mm -hmm. and the more that we, you did the reading with me and my mother I mean, within 30 seconds, when we got on Zoom, you said there is a strong mother figure coming forward. And I was like, I don't know if my mom's going to come through because she's not really like, I didn't share my experience with the spiritual world with her because I thought that she'd, you know, it was, oh, it's the work of the devil. You know, that's, that's, that's hokey, weird. Like you shouldn't get messed up in that type of thing. But as you shared with me, when people transition and go to the other side or however you said it, like they realize that they can communicate with us and because they can, they do. And if we're open to that, then we can hear these beautiful messages. And I have to say, as I said, before we went on air, I'm so thankful that we had that session because as you spoke to me through my mother or my mother spoke to me through you, right? Um, It was, Mm -hmm. it has really, it helped me that day with some healing and some realization. And it continues to help me from day to day. As I, as you said, look for my mother and butterflies. I went for a walk with a girlfriend um, just a couple of days ago and we went through a beautiful forest preserve here. And she said, oh, there's a lot of butterflies around today. And I'm like, there certainly are. And I think about my mother, you know, and I found, I shared with you, I found a feather when I was at a retreat. There's my mother. You know, it's just interesting things that, my scientific brain sometimes really has a hard time wrapping, you know, mapping my brain around that like that doesn't make sense, but there's also, and yet it's like there are how could it not be true when those type of things happen? and if we could just be open to it, what a beautiful I mean, what a beautiful gift you gave your son that day, you know, and um, what a beautiful gift you gave to me as I'm continuing to you know, mourn the loss of my mother, but really carry her with me as you shared those things with me and the things that she was saying to me. Um, you know, I'm carrying those memories and I'm having what was really lovely that um you said that she said that, you know, I, this is now I can be the best that I can be and I can be connected with you. And, and I feel like I can have this relationship with my mother. That's so different than what I had on this earth, but I continue to feel, I think, I feel her So often, and I feel love, all, all I feel is love. There's no resentment. There's no, what about the past? What about this mom? It's just this love connection that I've really never felt before with my mother. And it's, and it's, and it's really beautiful.
0: Absolutely. That's very beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. And, and I find that too, because a lot of times our loved ones come through from the other side and they say, please lay down that last fight we had. Please quit carrying the baggage of this because they're not carrying it anymore.
1: Mm-hmm. They're not.
0: And they really have stepped into this expanded consciousness, this soul awareness, where truly the underlying current is always love.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, the first thing that she said to me as we started that conversation was, I did the best that I could. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that was a very strong statement for my mother to say she did the best she could. So don't, again, don't, for me, it was like, don't think about all of that stuff in the past. Like, I did the best I could do with what I had. And I think that that's a lovely, it was a lovely message to just start it out with and to go, okay, okay, let's just talk about love or let's connect with, with love. Um, Because there certainly are, again, there's mis, there's certainly misconceptions. I've heard it from other people. Um, I mean, what do you hear, I guess, because as you, you must've then thought, okay, what am I going to do with this? Um, Who can I help? And things like that. Did you run into, what did you run into as you started to try to help other people with this gift you realized you had?
0: Right. Well, it was an interesting space I was in because all of my close friends were moms who were worried about potty training and first grade math. (laughs) (laughs) And here I am, I'm like, well, I think I talked to dead people now, you know, I don't know what to tell you about that. Um, So it literally put me in a situation where I had to go out and find a new, not that I didn't stay in touch with all my close friends, I absolutely did. But I had to find a new network or new tribe of people who spoke my language and could help me. And so after that, for my son came through with my grandfather. What happened then was, um, a couple months later, I had a friend whose husband had committed suicide and he came through to me with a profound message for her. And so they just started coming in and, and then I would say, okay, well, I'm going to have to share this with this person. And it would make me a little nervous. And I didn't, I didn't feel like I had control to reach out and get the information. I felt like it came to me. That was how it felt. And so I'd start sharing messages and people would say, oh my gosh, you're absolutely right. That's amazing. I needed to hear that. Or how did you know this was so special because of, you know, all these different things. And what I noticed is their loved ones would always give them something that they could take for sure to know it was their loved one, whatever this was, uh, information or a song or I don't know, just different things. And so I decided I needed to find someone to mentor me to help me understand how to do this more on demand, understand what I was dealing with, understand, you know, how I can use this to help others. And so then I started mentoring for four years mm-hmm. with another uh, medium in town.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's great. I was just uh, this morning, I was with a, um, a gal that I know, and I had a, a Reiki session and um, just an energy healing session. And we were talking about that as you know my husband's learned reiki and i know other people that have you know intuition and you know mm-hmm. and we talked about that like in order for you to help other people you need to be mentored and helped you know along the way to help and i feel like the same thing with you know the wellness business i'm in you know i don't have all of you know the answers uh, and I continue to learn myself so that I can help those that I'm, you know, h- helping to, to learn and educate about wellness and things like that. So, you know, and that certainly lends you credibility because I know that there are plenty out there that put their little sign up and say, come see me. And, right. and even, you know, if you watch that movie, um, what ghost with Whoopi Goldberg, which is so funny, um, uh-huh. you know, the, the psychic that she saw and, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but, um. So, yeah, so you went and did some mentoring and then this has become, you know, a passion and a calling for you, if you will. I mean, it's become yes. your business and um, just helping so many people.
0: Absolutely. And I also became certified too. So there's another website I'd like your listeners to (laughs) to hear, and it's called findacertifiedmedium.com. And with that, the way we get certified is we are told log on to Skype or Zoom or whatever at 11 o'clock on this day or time, and you have a blank screen. So the camera's not up and running. And then you start reading for that person and you say, I feel this coming through, I'm getting this, this. And basically they go through, they score you, they give you certain points. And so you do five blind readings like that, and then you have to pass that with a certain percentage of points to be a certified medium. So that's part of the challenge in what I do. There are a lot of people that say I'm a psychic medium and they're not, they're fraudulent or they're not very good at what they do. And so I would say, if it's not me, find a certified medium. So Find somebody who you can look at their credentials to make sure you're actually getting what you want. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, and truth be told, I mean, I really appreciate you saying that because I mean, part of the reason why I connect with my pot- potential guests for my podcast is to just make sure that they're legitimate. If it's again, whatever story they've told me, or especially with you again, because I've had so many interactions with people that do energetic work, spiritual work, and some of them are good and some of them. So I really wanted to connect and and you know make sure that who I'm sharing my my audience, you know, who I'm sharing to my audience is really legit, if you will. And so, and I really think that's so important for people to hear because there are just like, again, with supplements that I sell, there's so many people that it's so unregulated. It's an unregulated industry. And so you can, you can be taken advantage of, um, and you can, um, have difficulty and stuff like that when you have people that just aren't doing things legitimately or again have been gotten that certification you know for them so Mm -hmm. um you know i think it's um again i think it's always really cool i I love the stories that you've told and again with your your friend whose husband committed suicide and your son but have you ever had usually it's you get a message for somebody else but have you ever i mean it's like for instance i bring this up because um I had a friend who does, I have a friend who does Akashic record readings and, um, and usually mm-hmm. if people don't know what those are, it's connecting with your spiritual team and reading these records of, I guess your past and the future and things like that. I don't always understand how to explain it, but that's my understanding of it. And so mm-hmm. she was doing a reading with me and then she said, Oh, this is funny. She said, I, um, I'm seeing some white flowers And usually white flowers means that somebody's stepping forward that went before that wants to talk. (laughs) And I was like, Uh it's got to be my, my, it's got to be my father-in-law because any energetic reading I have, any Reiki, anybody that anybody, Mr. Gorski always comes through. And so sure enough, there he was, even though it's supposed to be my spiritual team, Mr. Gorski came forward, he wanted to speak. And um, so you had shared Mm -hmm. that there were some times that something came through for you, even though you were connecting with you know, others to try to help others. So I'd love to have you share, you know, one or two of those stories too.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, well, one thing was after my mom transitioned, my mom um, passed away on January 1st, 2018. A couple days later, I was on the phone to the church because I was going to see if we could use their room to have a reception after the service. And they said, oh, we're closing for the day. We'll put you through to the voicemail. Leave us a message. We'll call you back tomorrow. So I said, okay. So I'm on the line. I'm listening to the message. I hear, and this is coming out of my iPhone. Okay. So this is not, when I do mediumship, most of the time I hear the voices that are talking to me in my head. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I'm on the iPhone calling the church. I hear the, the answering machine. I hear static. Then I hear quiet. And then I hear my mom's voice say, hello. And then I hear the static and she's gone. And it was so powerful. I literally crumbled on the floor because it was this young, healthy, hello voice. And it probably took me about 45 minutes to an hour to even recover because I was not mm. expecting this. And I thought about this from so many different angles for so many different people in different ways. And, I, and what I realized is if my mom had the opportunity to give me one word after she passed, it wasn't goodbye, it was hello. Mm. And that led to a whole nother opening and a whole nother world, and this whole ability for me to realize that my loved ones, your loved ones, everyone's loved ones are standing right beside us in this life. We're just not tuning into them. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And so that was one experience that was for me, very, very powerful. And then another experience I had, which also had to do with my mom was I had another beautiful white shepherd, um, and she had leukemia. So we had to have her euthanized and we had the vet come to our house. So I was just laying on the floor, literally in my pajamas, crying, hugging her. Uh, there was not one part of me trying to be a medium and the vet gave her the, um, I believe it's an overdose of anesthesia is what it is, but gave her the injection. And I I literally felt her soul gently detach from her body. And I'm not trying to be a medium. I'm crying. I'm hugging her. I'm a mess. But it was like a feather on the breeze. It was so gentle. And the moment that happened, I heard my mom say, I have her now. And then about 45 seconds later, the vet listened to her heart and said, she's gone, but I had already known. So that was another very powerful experience for me. And I think that's important for people to realize too, because even in that experience, my third near-death experience where I felt like my soul was (laughs) ripped out of my body, it wasn't painful. It ripped is just because it happened so quickly. right? And then with my beautiful dog, it was just this gentle separation. And so Sometimes people pass in very traumatizing events, but what's really important to know is it doesn't mean their soul is traumatized on the way out.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's nice. That's a nice message, and um, I think just the the importance too of being open to things that um, that you might hear in your head. You know, mm-hmm. I share that even as I as my daughter was struggling so many you know years ago and in the depths of her eating disorder. And I was so just torn apart and calling out to God and saying, please help my daughter and please help our life, you know, like just, and then I woke up the next couple of days and I tell people, I started to listen to the voices in my head. And again, not in a weird way, but I would start, Mm -hmm. I started to meditate more and be more in prayer and quiet. And I would hear people's names you know like Joan or Michelle or and so i would just i decided you know what i'm just going to call them or connect with them or text them and say mm-hmm. i was thinking about you this morning Michelle or how's it going Joan and and so sometimes we'd get together sometimes we'd have a conversation and then i started to see oh that's why i thought about them because nice. there was a reason again somebody was just like you and i being connected and how you've given me this wonderful gift of healing with my mother It could have happened any other time, but it happened the time that it was supposed to. And that's what I've learned and I like to share with others is to just be open to it. Like quiet yourself down enough to it and don't be afraid. Like don't be resistant Mm -hmm. um, because there are so many of these signs around us that can give us messages that can be really – they can either – Give us that gut feeling like, oh, that's not right. That's not a good thing to pursue. It's not a good relationship to have. Or, wow, that is a lovely thing. Or, that's a sign for my mother or my father or, you know, whatever, my friend that went before those kind of things.
0: Right. Absolutely. And I always tell people who want to get really logical, and I understand that, be open minded. And, and be, it's okay to be skeptical, but keep that open mind. Like, okay, what are the chances that I actually just found this penny on my counter with my, the year my dad was born on it or whatever mm. this is, right? So there's always more to it. And also we have nothing to lose by believing that our loved ones are sending us signs and actually cheering us on and rooting for us to come out champions in this game of life.
1: Right, right, and and as we talked um, previously, again the feathers and the butterflies are signs from my mother. Um, my and you and you um, did also say, which others have said, that the pennies and the coins are from my father in law. And I shared that with my daughter as I shared our conversation with her. She said, "Oh yeah, I was in a hospital treatment facility someplace, and there was like a gurney, some type of bed." And underneath the bed, there was a penny. Like there was no reason for a penny to be underneath that bed. And she said, "I found that penny." She goes, "I find pennies all the time." And I said, "Well, that's that's Grandpa just saying that he's there rooting, like you said, rooting you on." Um, she used to talk about sitting by this one window when she ate, and there were these birds that just, and it was almost like there wasn't, like birds shouldn't have been there, right? right? But the birds would come and like chirp, 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 chirp while she was at that window. And she mm-hmm. goes, I think it's grandma. I said, I think it's grandma. Right. So again, what's, the, I love what you said. Like, why not? There's no harm in believing that this could be a sign from, from one of your loved ones.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And I, and I realize people want to be logical and that's fine. That is fine. But there's a lot of stuff that's not logical when we're talking about what people, um, what our loved ones are doing in spirit in the spirit world, because logic to us uh, is on this earth plane. It's not necessarily connected to heaven. And so what's logical for them doesn't necessarily mean it's logical for us, but they're like, yes, I'm sending you that song on the radio. Yes. I'm making your lights flicker. Yes. I'm, you know, doing this and that. Mm -hmm. And we're like, no, it's just got to be the lamp. It's got to be the lamp. It's not a sign. Right.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I know there's so many things that I could say, like the last one you said song Um, I'll just share this briefly is that I'm taking ballroom dance lessons. People, again, who listen to my podcast know that. Um, But we I was asked to choose a song and then it would be choreographed. And I do like a solo piece with my instructor, you know, as just a different way of being expressive instead of the tango and the waltz and things like that. And so I listen to Pandora all the time. And it's a couple of different stations that I've created. And um, so I was home making dinner one night and I heard this lovely song, Piano and a Gal Singing. And I grew up playing the piano. And I mean, it's just lovely that I stopped me in my tracks. I listened to the words. I found it. I listened to it on YouTube, made me cry. It was like, wow, that sounds kind of like my life and fear of falling and all of these things. Mm -hmm. And so I chose that song. It's been choreographed. I'm going to dance it later tonight, another practice. But the interesting thing is, I've never heard that song again on Pandora. And I play the same, again, I play Pandora all the time. I play the same uh, stations and I hear mm-hmm. the same songs over and over again. I have never heard that song again. And I find that rather interesting. It's like, that was the song that was sent to me that I'm supposed to do. Because again, as I listen to the words, it talks about, again, kind of my the way my life has been. And then all of a sudden I found dance And now I'm not afraid of falling anymore. And I didn't expect that. And it's, again, just really, really interesting. But I think it's so cool because those things happen. I'm Mm -hmm. like, okay, I guess I'll go dance to the song because this is what I'm somebody sent it to me.
0: Right, absolutely, and and you know a lot of times I do believe we all not all a lot of times every single one of us has a spirit team, which to me consists of life guides, angels, and loved ones who are always around you cheering you on. And so whether you're getting this message that's the soul connection or you're getting a laugh, you know a lot of people have funny one things happen with their loved ones. Like they'll be at home at night and the door will slam, and they'll be like, you know he always slammed the door when he came home, and I was laying in bed and the door just slam by itself right so there there are all of these ways that our loved ones are trying to connect with us and encourage us. We feel like we are living this life alone. I can't tell you how many people feel so alone in this life. And the fact is, it's truly an illusion. Because even if there, if you're in the middle of the Sahara Desert, and you transition and you die and you leave this world alone, you still do not die alone. Because I promise you, you were surrounded by loved ones, angels and life guides.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's lovely. Yeah. Um... You know, as we wrap this up today, you know, I want, uh you gave us that uh, good website to take a look at. You know, when somebody, if somebody's thinking like, well, should I reach out to a medium? Like, what would I, like, what would I say when I call them? I mean, when, what would somebody say if they said, well, I think I want to, is it always to try to get answers to an unanswered question? Or like, why is somebody, you know, what would be that reason that somebody would, Again, like even with me, I wanted, my mother just passed. Maybe I'd like to to hear from her. You know, why would someone reach out?
0: Yeah, a lot of the time it is to connect with their loved one and to and to say, you know, a lot of times they'll tell me something that you were doing yesterday or today. Your loved one will tell me so that you realize, oh my gosh, they're connected to my life right now. This is what's happening right now. So a lot of times it's connecting with loved ones. Other times it's more of psychic reading, uh, such as like, okay, what about career? What about this job option? What about love? Love's another big one. Everybody, When am I going to find the perfect partner? You know, things like that. Um, and a lot of times, It's just like, hey, what's coming up this year? What are you picking up for me? And so sometimes people will come in with one intention in mind of what we want, and we get to that. But when I do a reading, I usually connect with your angels, with your life guides, with your loved ones, and some psychic information. And so usually an hour with me, we get all of that in.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you shared that because that's exactly what this gal who I am now starting to see on a you know on a monthly basis. She said, just come. And whatever's coming up, whatever we need to talk about, you know, or whatever I need to use, be it the singing bowls, the tuning forks, the crystals, the oils, the Reiki, the whatever, whatever's showing up for me today that I Mm -hmm. can connect with or heal or whatever. Like you said, those messages, that's what, that's, what's going to be covered that day, if you will. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Absolutely.
1: Yeah, and how can they um, how can they find you if they want to connect with you? I'll put this all in the show notes for sure. But just um, how they connect with you.
0: Yeah, my website is the easiest way. It's Michelle Claire C L A R E dot net, and you can see upcoming events. I have a lot of online readings people could register for too, if we are out of state, or you can book readings. And I do readings in person or over Zoom.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, and you are based out of Arizona.
0: I am. I'm in the Phoenix area.
1: Right. And one of my girlfriends uh, lives in that area and I um, told her about you. So she might be coming to see because I think you're having some um, live readings there coming up. Yes, I do. uh, Yeah. Well, I feel like we could continue to talk um, for so long, but I just am so thankful that you shared today. And again, thankful that we have gotten connected so that not only for myself, um, but for those that are listening and to just... um, just I just think it's incredible because as I share on this podcast, I'm all about people living their best life. And it seems like you have been given these signs and now you're just you're you're sharing your gifts and you're living your best life, helping other people. That's got to be just, you know, lovely
0: it's amazing. Thank you for saying that. Yes. It, it fills my heart every day. Nothing about what I do feels like work. It's my passion, my plan, my purpose, my mission. And I, and I love helping people to realize they are still connected to their loved ones. Mm Yeah.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Michelle. I really, again, thank you for joining me today. And again, thank you, listeners, for listening. I hope you, I'm sure that you um, love this episode as much as I did. And um, always continue to share, as I say, share this with others who may want to hear this message too. And again, connect with Michelle. I'm looking forward to continuing to connect with you. Like I said, I've shared with a few friends and they're like, let's set up a, a group reading. So we may be doing that real soon. But again, thank you for your gift that you offer to the world and all those you are helping. Um, Again, thanks for tuning in, everybody, to the podcast. And we'll we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, head over to iTunes and leave me a five-star review. Share it with others and make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss a thing. I've got a tribe over on Facebook, so head over there and search for Juggling the Chaos of Recovery podcast tribe. And do you know somebody who has a story, a story to share, a story of recovery and hope? please let me know as I'd love to feature them as a guest on one of these next upcoming podcasts. And perhaps you're looking for a community of like-minded, collaborative, and supportive people who cheer each other on as we strive to improve our lives. If that sounds like something you've been looking for, schedule some time with me. You'll find the links in the show notes. Let's talk, and let me help you find your way. And I'm here to tell you that you're worth it.